We are back with The Point Being, a weekly podcast with all your need-to-know updates on what is happening in the world of opinion polling. I'm Sarah Feldman, data journalist at Ipsos, and I'm joined by Chris Jackson and Mallory Newell, public opinion research leads at Ipsos, and my fellow data journalist, Kate Morris. Kate, what are we covering today? Well, on our comeback track last week, we covered impeachment, what's changed, and what hasn't. This week, we'll be diving into the latest on that and on the pandemic. Um, but first things first, we have the closing act of Trump's second impeachment. Any surprises at the final verdict? Chris, what do you think? I mean, no, not really. Uh, and what we saw in our public opinion data, including our poll we released with ABC Monday after the vote was held, is public opinion hadn't really moved much either. In our final poll, 58% of Americans said that they wanted to uh, remove Trump, like two points up from the 56 it was earlier. So no, not really. I think this country is very divided and the trials sort of kept it that way, despite all the evidence that was was shown and presented, there just wasn't really any change. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, I think the theme of last week was the more things change, the more they stay the same. So, you know, the last act of Trump's second impeachment kind of checks out with that theme. Um, but moving on for from impeachment, um, we will get back to that in an episode or two. But we will we're planning on getting to some other news today, um, namely about the pandemic. Kate, what will we be covering on that front? Well, at Tuesday's town hall, Biden promised that a vaccine would be available to all Americans who want one by the end of July, um, setting a new deadline that many Americans will be closely watching to see if the administration can meet. Uh, Mallory, how does this square with what the the public expects um, for the Biden administration? Yeah, you know, that's that's really interesting, Kate. Uh, We've we've been tracking a couple measures around the vaccine for a few months, namely your own likelihood to get the vaccine. But um, around uh, after the election, around the time of the inauguration, we started asking people how likely they think it is that basically that the Biden administration will reach their goal of vaccinating 100 million Americans in 100 days. And actually, in, in last night's town hall, the, the end of July mark that you referenced, I think is just important to note that that's actually kind of pushing back a little bit of what the president has been saying, a little pushback of the timeline. Um, so that's that's interesting. And, and our polling kind of reflects that a little bit of guardedness or hesitancy among the American public. Um, when we last asked, we saw that Americans were pretty split about 50-50 almost on whether Biden can achieve that 100 vaccines in 100 days. Not surprisingly, because we are calling into account um, a presidential administration, the Biden administration, we see some really stark differences between partisans. You know, Democrats have a lot more confidence in the administration's ability to meet their goals when it comes to vaccinating Americans than Republicans do. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting that people were so doubtful. And I mean, to the Biden administration's credit, they've already um, they're about a little bit over halfway beyond that stated goal of 100 million um, doses administered. Um, But on a more somber note, even when vaccines do become available to broader swaths of the public, what our data is telling us is that a pretty sizable number of Americans 
don't plan to get one at all, around 19%. Um, and when we dove into the data, we found that for some groups, vaccine skepticism is even higher. Among mothers, for instance, 38% say that they won't get it. Um, though, so given that we may, may need anywhere from 70 to 90% of the population to get a vaccine in order to achieve herd immunity, what do these early numbers tell us about how easy it will be to get to that goal of herd immunity? And do people seem worried about how all this may play out? Well, I think this is one of those things where public opinion has been actually shifting and moving. Um, we've seen in our data, for instance, in our Axios tracker, the number of people who say they'll get the vaccine uh, has climbed very quickly from last fall when essentially a minority of Americans said they would get the vaccine as soon as it was available to them to, you know, close to 70% now saying that they'll get it as soon as it's available to them or within the first few months of it being available, first month or so of it being available to them, um, you know, which is sort of the lower end of that herd immunity threshold. People are sort of talking, uh, public health experts are sort of talking about us needing to meet um, and I think what we're seeing here is essentially that because the vaccine's so new and the pandemic sort of moving so quickly, opinions are changing quickly as people are sort of assessing and reassessing what's safe for them. Um, and I think that's fundamentally about what, what a lot of the concerns about the vaccine are, is it's just safety, right? Is this vaccine safe? It was developed so quickly. I don't know anything about it. But as people take it and as more people see others take it and have no ill effects, you'll see a little bit of that snowball effect. In fact, we have a really interesting video series that was released by some of our colleagues just last week where they'd done some interviews with people back in November and they talked about how at that time they weren't going to get the vaccine. And then they talked to those same people in January and they changed their position. In fact, one of them was in line to get the vaccine because they're a healthcare provider uh, when they were sort of doing the interview. Um, and I think that really sort of reflects how people's opinions are changing. So just because people right now are seeing, you know, 20%, something like that, saying that they're not going to get it, doesn't mean that's not going to be the case come this summer when we start, start getting to that threshold level. And it's really interesting, too. We're actually able to measure this in real time. So we started a couple months ago in the Axios tracker you know, not only asking about likelihood to get the vaccine, but when vaccines started to be rolled out in recent weeks, you know, asking if if people know anyone that's been vaccinated. And as as we have seen that likelihood, you know, pretty quickly increase, like Chris mentioned, it's kind of been on a parallel track with more and more people saying that, you know, they've been vaccinated or know someone who has. So I think as proximity increases, as we sort of collectively normalize it within our own communities, uh, likelihood to get the vaccine also increases it. But again, you know, there, there are some, some specific groups of people that are lagging behind, not as likely. And as Chris alluded to, you know, there are some, some concerns about the, the vaccine rollout, which I think impacts kind of our, you know, when when do we get back to normal? Right. And given all these variables, what are we seeing about when people do think we'll be getting back to normal or some approximation of that? Well, I think what we're seeing in our data is that Americans 
sort of expect to continue living with the pandemic for, you know, another six months to even a year. And, and that, that tracks with, I think, you know, what we heard from President Biden in the town hall that, you know, most people can be vaccinated by July. Um, Dr. Fauci is kind of starting to send similar signals of maybe like the holidays next year could be more normal. But ultimately, um, I think there's still just a lot of unknown and, and we're seeing that come through in, in public opinion research as well right now. Right. Yeah, and it's I think also- that's a really important thing to underline is, you know, this is all new for everyone and people just don't have a good idea of what the signposts for them to get back to normal are. So I think we're going to see sort of this churn of behavior for the next you know, six months, 12 months, I think that sort of is, is really going to be up to how well uh, the administration rolls out the vaccine and gets it into people's arms. But like people are going to be sort of unsettled for a while. Right. And we also have some interesting data available about what people expect that reemergence into normality will look like. Um, Chris, I was wondering if you could speak to that a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two sort of angles, right? There's sort of when they expect it or what they're looking for, what sort of the, you know, the cues they'll take are. And I think there's a lot of uncertainty about that for individual sort of behaviors. It's sort of a mix of, you know, people are sort of kind of already doing it. Some people are waiting for the vaccine to get the vaccine themselves or for their, you know, immediate circle of family and friends to have it. Um, and some are waiting, you know, for public health figures or governmental authorities to say it's it's safe to do so. And then you get up to sort of more atypical sort of actions. So things like traveling, airline travel, which, you know, for most Americans is not something they do, you know, all the time. Uh, and in that case, there's a lot more people sort of waiting to be told it's safe rather than, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, – waiting for the vaccine, they're sort of waiting to be told it's safe. And I think that's that's part of that churn, right? Is there's I think there's gonna be a lot of people sort of making their own choices because there's not really clear indications from authorities on what to be looking and waiting for. Yeah, and in that same vein, Chris, I mean there are just so many unknowns um swirling around the pandemic right now. Um, there are a lot more contagious strains um, out there. Um, I'm wondering, are, are people actually changing their behavior as a result of these developments? Um, and how do you see that playing into the reemergence of, um, you know, quote unquote, normal life? Um, I mean, there's been some small movements. There was, uh, you know, a little bit of an uptick sort of in the fall and sort of over the holiday season of people sort of engaging socially with others that sort of pulled back a little bit again after the new year. Um, But there hasn't been anything like the whole scale changes we saw in April of last year where, you know, whole swaths of the society stayed home for weeks at a time. Um, And I think that's, you know, that's sort of what we're going to have as normal, like people have adapted to the extent they're willing to adapt and mask use has become pretty normal, large chunks of the population wear a mask all the time, certainly not everybody. Um, 
And I think that's sort of, you know, and that's one of the reasons the pandemic's not over with is like America's essentially adapted as much as it's going to adapt. And I don't think we should expect to see huge behavior changes absent some really major, major events uh, anytime for the rest of the pandemic. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, I feel like that personally, just the stability of the numbers just goes to show how much the pandemic has changed us rather than, you know, us changing as a result of the pandemic. Um, And do you read that as like as burnout or is it just, you know, people not having a clear uh, end post in sign in sign or what? You know, Mallory and I were actually just talking about this earlier uh, today, just about sort of like how things that a couple of, well, I guess almost a year ago now, we were doing and juggling and managing uh, relatively okay now feels really hard. Um, And I think that is sort of burnout. And, you know, I think Mallory, I'd love for you to jump in on this too, because I think we are seeing people kind of hitting the end of their rope. And you've seen a lot of articles come out, you know, about the pandemic wall people are sort of running into. And we see that in the data we collect that people are, you know, they're they're sort of, they're frazzled, right? Their mental health, uh, while okay, is sort of, you know, they're reaching sort of the, the end of their ability to sort of adapt to new crazy stuff. Yeah, I think you know, we, we sort of need to almost set a different expectation of what return to, I'm using air quotes here, normal looks like, right? We, we ask in our surveys, you know, when you might be able to get back to um, your pre-COVID life or when you might be able to start using services as you were before. But as Chris alluded to, I you know, I don't know if it is the sort of the winter doldrums. I don't know if it's the fact that we're coming up on the one year mark of the pandemic or what. Um, But ultimately, we're seeing a lot of burnout in the data. And what it sort of translates to one thing that's interesting for me is that like most people are saying when we kind of reemerge and reopen society, they don't really have any special plans. Right. We've asked a question about this. You know, would you take a road trip, a domestic trip, an international trip and um, a plurality of Americans, about two and five, just say, you know, I don't have any special plans, nothing to do first. And I think what that boils down to is a couple things. One, as a collective society, we're just tired. You know, our we're not really seeing a lot of indicators in our polling change when it comes to, you know, rating your own physical health, your own mental health, emotional well-being. Um, but I also think that the goalposts kind of keep moving. Uh, and and two, I think that, frankly, it's just that, you know, no one really knows when this return will happen. Uh, as, as we've alluded to in this conversation, kind of the, the goalposts for the vaccine and herd immunity keep moving a little bit. Um, we've seen that happen with return to school. We've seen that happen with conversations about going back to offices and workplaces. Um, and so I think ultimately there, you know, it remains to be seen whether we will see this big groundswell of change in public opinion. But ultimately, I think that any sort of change that we will see, any sort of behavioral change will likely coincide with um, 
more widespread vaccination. And I think we'll just have to continue tracking public opinion to know for certain. That sounds about right. I mean, Friday night feels far away, let alone the uh, Christmas next year. So um, we'll definitely stay tuned for all the uh, new info coming out of our COVID trackers um, and how people are adapting or not to the changing circumstances of the pandemic. Um, but, you know, wrapping up impeachment, getting into the vaccine rollout and what is happening with the pandemic right now is just about all the time we have for today. Um, join us next week on the Point Being podcast for the latest discussion on the polls. Follow all our data and releases on the Ipsos News and Polls website. And you can find us on Twitter at Ipsos US. I'm Sarah Feldman. I'm Chris Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at JCB Jackson. I'm Mallory Newell. That's at Mallory Kate, Kate with a C on Twitter. And I'm Kate Morris, and you can find me on Twitter at Callison Morris um, with a C. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. Happy week. <laughs>